Hey everyone, this is Pastor Steve from Faith Community Church, and you are listening to Faith That Works, podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. We're so excited that you've taken time to listen to these words today. Our desire is that this would push you to a closer, deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. to know why you do the things you do. Hopefully you know why you came to church today. Well, because I've got a box and it needs to be checked off called church. That is not why we want you here today. We want you here because you're a part of the body of Christ 24-7 and you've committed to this local place and so you've decided that Sunday morning at 10 o'clock it'd be good to gather with your like-minded brothers and sisters for the purpose of lifting up Jesus caring for one another, listening to the word of God, and walking out a changed people, right? That's why, that's why we've gathered. So we've got to be intentional. We've got to understand our why. We've got to know the why. It's so important to know why we do the things we do. Now, we've established over the last few weeks that God has called us for one purpose, and that's to make, say with me, disciples. Make disciples. Not to hang off chandeliers or to make a lot of noise, Right? Not to bounce around and to do, not even just just do good in the community and all that's good. But God has called us as a people to make disciples. Jesus said, the last thing he said was, go therefore into all nations, doing what? Teaching them, making disciples. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded them to do. So our goal here in this church is to teach one another what God has commanded us to do through Jesus, through the scriptures, and therefore we're becoming a little bit more like Jesus than we were last Sunday. And you can look back at your life and you can say, man, I'm a little bit more like Jesus today than I was a year ago because you're becoming a deeper, more committed discipleship of Jesus Christ. We call ourselves church members. We should call ourselves disciples of Jesus. Amen. You following that? Well, I'm, I'm a, you understand? Because there's a difference now. I'm not, it's not about religion. It's about I'm following Jesus. I'm following, you know, and, here, and here's the thing. So we've got to understand that we're living in a day, and, and I may have shared this story before, but many years ago, I found myself in New York City at a pizza place. Go, go figure, me, one pizza in New York City. Of course I want to get New York pizza. So I'm in New York, and there's a, an Asian lady who's serving me, and I was at the time working for Greenwood Christian Academy, a Christian school down in Greenwood, which I worked for a while. And so I'm, I'm walking in this pizza place, and this Asian lady, she did. She looked at me dead square in the eyes, and she says, what is Christian? Well, I got 20 people in line behind me. I got a great piece of pizza in my hand. I'm handing her cash. I've got a small window. What is Christian? And you ever have those moments where you go, dear God, help me. Right? That's where I was at. Right there. I got got a window. I've got a window. A moment in time. So my mind starts racing. And I said, we're a group of people who are committed to the teachings of Jesus Christ. That's all I got out. And she kind of looked like, wow, hmm. Never... Literally, I've never heard of that. She had never heard that before. So we got to understand that that's what we're about, is being disciple. I could have said, Christian, that means I go to church Sundays at 10 o'clock. That's not helping anybody. There's no eternal value in that if I don't know the why. You following that? So it's important that we know, know the why. So 
We talked about that the church is called to. Now, that making disciples looks like a few things. It looks like worship. It looks like fellowship. It looks like evangelism. It looks like ministry. It looks like Bible studies. All these things come, but now we have purpose in it, and because we have purpose in it, now we can move forward in it because we know the why. So now we know why we worship. Now we know why we hit the streets. Now we know why we study the Bible. Now we know all these reasons why, and all of it is covered in prayer. And so when we decide as a church that we're going to follow God's purposes, God's plans from eternity past in his word, then we will as a church make disciples. So we decided that as a church we wanted to be, here's the kind of people we wanted to be, we want to be authentic, passionate people. Right? No religious facade. Can I get an amen? That'd be alright? That'd be alright if we just leave our fake smiles and plastic uh, things in the parking lot. Is that okay? We talked about a couple of weeks ago how it's okay to say I've had a rough week but God is good. Amen. Is that okay if we just be vulnerable with that? But at the same time, can we also just go ahead and say no more whining? Well, only one person thinks we should kick out whining. I'm one of those, okay? So, <laughs> I, I, right? Because you, you, know you know when you're walking in faith and you know when you're just simply whining. Come on, has anybody whined in here? Anybody know? Right, anybody just kind of walk in whiny, right? Well, you know, God didn't do, you know, whatever. What? Are we coming complaining, right? And so, but, there, but the, see, that's different than walking by faith knowing that, hey, things didn't go like I'd hoped. I'm not feeling the greatest, but I know that God's got me. I know that God's got me. God's in control, right? Is God in control or not? Yeah. Hey, listen, are you concerned about the world? Of course, am I concerned? Yes. Hey, but we can't lose our hope. I, I, people are, you know, I, you know, right? And, and wouldn't the devil love to bring us out of a pandemic? Which, by the way, it's over for those of you that are wondering. I just, just thought I'd put a plug in for that. Not to get political, but take your mask off, people. All right, sorry, I'm just saying. I just, unless you got health, you know, you got health issues, but we need to move on, right? But at the same time, watch this, watch this. So the, so the enemy would love to move us from one fear to another, right? Because now we're all 399 panicked, right? Hey, can I tell you God's got that too? God's got that too? Hey, how are we gonna make it? We're gonna keep trusting God is what we're gonna do. We're gonna keep believing God. We're gonna keep trusting God. Just like we've been trusting God, we're gonna keep trusting God. And we're not gonna panic we're not going to fear. We're going to walk in the confidence and the assurance that God is in control. He has me, and so I'm not losing my hope. Could it be that the world is looking for a people who have great hope in the middle of difficult times? And shouldn't it be the church of Jesus that has that hope? Who else is going to have it if we don't? If we don't have hope, people are looking for it. And if, if Jesus died for us to just constantly freak out, really? Right? That, that, we're trusting in God, right? And so we decided that we're going to, our, our goal here in making disciples is to know Jesus. You're going to see this a lot. Know Jesus, love one another. And impact the world. But the devil, so we talked about prayer last week and the idea that the devil uh, wants you to be too busy to pray. Right? You ever said that? I'd love to pray, Pastor. That's a good idea. I just got a lot on my plate. 
I, I would suggest you take care of what's on your plate because prayer, there's nothing more important than prayer and you need to put prayer on your plate. It, it ought to be the main dish. Hey, amen, that's pretty good, right? That ought to be the main dish is prayer in your life. We need to pray because when we don't pray, right? When we don't pray, you, you ought to have the same urgency to pray that you do to plug in your cell phone. Right? That, that red light comes on, you're like, oh my God, I get to plug in. But prayer, um, we're okay. I'll make it. You see, can, see, the devil's got you convinced you're okay without prayer. You're not. Can I, can I, can I alert you to something? You are not. Because you don't have any spiritual power. Right? You, you, you're doing an earthly work, but there's no eternal impact. There's no kingdom work because you're not doing it in prayer. You're busy, but you're not effective. We have got to, say it with me, pray. We've got to pray. We think pray gets us ready for work. Maybe prayer is the work. I would say it is. And I would say we need to be awakened. And can I, I'm just gonna pause because sometimes I just get things, you know, I was never diagnosed ADHD, and sometimes I wonder why. But anyway, we'll keep going. Because my mind just jumps on things. Squirrel, that's what I got. That's what I got to go sometimes, you know. That's where I got. So can I, can I just say this real quick? So we, we have this thing about the disciplines of the church, like worship, like prayer, like Bible study, that if we do it too hardcore, or we do it too intensely that people might think we're a little bit radical. Does that make sense? Read your, read your Bible at your lunch break at your job and see if people don't start going, ho, 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 they're one of those people. One of those people. And we're so scared to be one of those people, right? I would raise my hands in church because that resurrected song, boy, that got me right in the fields today. But if I raise my hand, oh, they'll think I'm Gary Johnson. I don't want, I don't want people to think I'm, I don't want people to think I'm radical. People might think I'm radical, right? Wives, wouldn't you love it if your husband got a little radical with loving you? Right? You're like, and your wife's like, I actually would not. Uh, to be honest, I don't even want to know what that looks like. That's scaring me a little bit. Right? But we're, we're, I, and here's the thing. Watch this now. I'm going to go because I've been in the church my whole life. My whole life I've been in the church. And all I've seen is denomination, 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 denomination. We're splintered in 250 ways here in America. And so we don't want to be associated with those people because I'm more one of those guys and I don't want to be one of these people. I want to be one of these people. And, it, and, and, the, and the body of Christ splintered 250 ways because I, 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 I don't want to be, Fred, no offense, I don't want to be United Methodist. I mean, I don't want to be associated with those people. But don't call me charismatic either. I'm not one of those people either. I'm just, I'm just kind of in my own. You're right. And so we're so worried about being labeled that guess what we become? Nothing. It's become nothing. Vanilla. Eat it if you want. Give me something a little different though. Right? Give me some moose tracks. I mean, you can, vanilla's all right if you want to be vanilla. Right? 
Give me that blizzard, double that candy, let's go nuts. You understand what I'm saying here, church? Come on now. We need some double candied up blizzards with some hot fudge sundae up in here. No more vanilla. Stop, we gotta stop being vanilla church. So we're so afraid, you know. People might call me red velvet. I don't want that. Well, call me, I don't care what you call me. I'm in love with Jesus. And you know what that means? It means I love my Bible. It means I love to pray. It means I love to worship. I'm not scared to put my hands up. I'll clap if I want to. I'll raise my hands in worship. I ain't scared. I'm not worried about what you think about me. If I bring my wife roses, I could care less if you like it or not. Well, look at him. <laughs> Bringing his wife flowers. He just thinks he's all that. No, 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 I don't. I think she's all that. You understand? I think she's all that. And you don't like it? Go get you a wife like mine. Well, that's bad advice. Don't I know I didn't mean that. Oh, God, forgive me. I didn't mean it like that. Whatever wife you have is the one you should keep. All right, can I see you on there? Pastor said get a new one. I heard that on Sunday morning. <laughs> no, no. I recant. I recant that statement. Yeah, yeah. You just think this is wild. Come to the marriage retreat. We're going to have fun. Am I following? I'm tracking? Because, listen, I think we're scared. I think even in the, in, the, in the church of God, we're scared to worship. In the church of God, we're scared to pray because we're so worried about what people are going to think about us. It's like middle school all over again. Right? And we just need to get fixed on God, fall in love with God, and just be determined. I'm going to be a praying, radical, Bible-loving Christian who loves God. So in Acts chapter 4, the idea, that, so I want to talk to you today so a little bit more about praying, but this time praying with power. Acts 4.31, I want you to check this verse, and then we're going to read in context here in just a minute. Acts 4, beginning in verse 31, if you're there, say I'm there. And when they had prayed, again, the church gets together. We'll talk about it in context in just a minute. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. Now, that isn't a, a metaphor. That is literally the place was shaken through prayer. It didn't say, you know, and the worship leader brought down the house. <laughs> and they prayed. And when they prayed, the place that they were gathered together was shaken. Then what happened? They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So here's the other thing. So I want to talk about praying with power. So that's kind of the context just for a second of what I want to get to here for just a minute. So how does that happen? So then I got to John chapter 15. Okay, you can just stay with me here for just a second. You know this verse. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do, say it with me. Nothing. Hey, you need to leave today and understand that apart from Christ, you can do nothing. You can't do it. Yeah, I got this. You do not have this. Whatever it is, fill in the blank. Apart from Christ, you can do nothing. So there must be a deep 
connection with God in order to have powerful prayer. You understand that? There must be, so if you're thinking my prayers are kind of vanilla and I want to go deeper, then you're going to have to have a deeper connection through his word, through obedience, through your heart. And when you get all that dialed up, then God can move in power. So watch this. So here's, the, here's my thought for just a second here. Because it feels like, and it has been for a season now, that there's a line divided in the sand in culture, right? You're either on one side or you're on the other. And the gap between those two sides is getting larger and larger. So some of you are old like me, and you remember that there was a time that, um, well, everybody may not have been Christian, but we were all kind of moral. And we were guided by maybe a morality that came from the word of God and maybe didn't even know it because of our parents and our grandparents. And every generation, we get further away from the truth. And so therefore, though, but that the older I get, the more things that become acceptable that I would, honestly, I'd, I'd love to preach on this sometime, things I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. But that's common now. Things that are widely, not just happening, but now accepted. That at a local high school here, that boys can go to girls' bathrooms and girls can go to, you can go to any bathroom you want to in a public school. Like the book that I told you this morning that's in the library, Dear Lord, help us. I never thought. So the, the chasm between those of us that are serving the Lord and those that are, you, you understand? It's getting wider and wider and wider. But can I tell you, this shouldn't surprise us. You, you should not be shocked like, oh, what? Jesus talked about it. Do we have this John 15? Can you get to the next slide, John 15? Uh, I think this right here. Yeah, watch this, watch this. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. You know, and, and, and for those of you that are thinking, well, it feels like the world just hates us. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. That's not a shock. Jesus said they would. So for those of you, you know, and I, I, I kind of buy into this a little bit. I have to pray and God help me. I want everybody to like me. Some of you are like, that's not me at all. But some of you are like, yeah, I resonate with that. I want everybody to like me. Well, guess what? There's a whole bunch of people that not only don't like you, they hate you and who you stand with. So you've got to come up under some confidence, not because I want everybody to like me, but because Jesus loves me. I don't need the world to like me. I got Jesus, and so I'm going to walk in truth. I'm, my goal is to honor him, to love him. And if can, 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 we, can we understand this? That if the world falls away, some of us got to keep standing for Jesus. I believe God's bringing a group of people together who would determine that if the, if the world goes to hell in a handbasket, we will stand for you, Jesus. We will be the remnant that God has called us to be. Now, it's not popular, and that's okay. Right? I understand that. And some of you today, this is your last Sunday. It's been a joy. That's okay. You know, I understand. Well, it's not a popular, it's not a popular message, but we're not trying to be popular. We're trying to be obedient, right? So Jesus said, if you were of the world, the world would love you. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world 
hates you. So, so what are we to do? Look at John 17. Go to that next slide, Tabitha. It says this. I, Jesus said this when Jesus prayed for all of us in John 17. I do not ask that you take them out of the world. That'd be the easy thing. Wouldn't it be great if we got saved and went to heaven? Like, boop, boop, boop. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Boop. That'd be great, but it didn't happen. He left us here. So he says, but I, don't take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Then in 1 John, John writes this, do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Right, now watch this. Now this, we have to be, we have to be careful here because I'll say this and I've said it many times and you'll hear me say it a lot more times. There's not as many people in the kingdom as we think there are because there are people who are attending church every Sunday, but they love the world. And the Bible's very clear right there that if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So this is why we've got to just blow up this myth in the church that if I come to church enough, I'll be fine when I get to heaven. Or if I'm a good enough person, I'll be fine when I get to heaven. I'm telling you the truth. The only way you're going to get to heaven is through the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus and his salvation and by asking for Christ to change you and believing in him. This is what happens. It's not in any kind of religious duty. You following that? And so it's so important that we understand that. So we have to understand a couple of things. So I'm in the world, not to love the world, so what do we do? Understand this, perspective, that we're not of the world. Let's go to that next slide. We're not of the world. Jesus answered this in John 18, that my kingdom is not of this world. Paul wrote, our citizenship is in where? Heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not bothered by the world. Why? I, so if I go to your house and you do things that are just really weird, I don't know what that is. Some of you are like, yeah, yeah, we do that. I'm like, whatever. You, you want to you wanna eat off the floor? Eat off the floor. But because I don't care what you do in your house because it's not my home. I'm, I'm just a guest. I'm just, I'm, I'm just passing through. I'm not offended by the way you operate your home because guess what? Not my home. It's not my home. You operate, do you understand? We are in a place called planet Earth and we feel the frustration because people aren't doing things. It, it, it's, it's ruffling my feathers. It's making me feel weird. It's evil around there. Yeah, it's not, it's not your home. Yeah. You, some of you would even say today, I feel so misplaced by the things of the world. Yeah, that's the feeling. The closer you get to God, the more misplaced you're gonna feel because the world is weird and we're just in it for a moment. I, that's not my home, right? So, so I, I don't, I don't I, as much as I'm aware of the things of the world, I don't let the way, things of the world pull me down. If you want to be weird in your home, go for it. Guess what? I'm going to be out of here real soon and the awkward moment will be over. Right? Right? What, 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 however you operate your home, that's fine because, <laughs> baby, we got to go. We got things to go. We got, we're going to get out of here. Can I tell you, I'm looking forward to the day that one day God calls me out of here and I'm going home. Yeah. I'm going home. This is not my home. My citizenship is in heaven. So I'm not too bothered by the things of this world because I know I don't 
belong here. We are not of this world. So here's the challenge. Look at this. I want you to see this real quick. Let's go to that next slide. I want you to see this, the challenge. The, the, not that one. Is there one before that? If you don't have it, that's fine. I'm just checking. Do you have one that says the challenge? If not, I'll just read it. All right, go for that. Here we go. Watch this. So live in the world. Do not love the world. Focus on your eternal world and share God so loved the world while the world hates you. Like, what? What? Let's read that one more time. To live in the world, but to not be of the world. To not love the world, right? But to focus on our eternal world, but we've got to share the message God so loved the world while the world hates us. That's going to take the power of God, right? So my focus is on my eternal home, but at the same time, God wants to use me to take other people home with me. Because it'd be really selfish of me to say, I'm just waiting on. See, I grew up in a small church, and we sang about heaven every Sunday. When the roll. No, no, that's, that's when we all, I got that mixed up. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Right? Remember that song? When we all, why did I sing it so high? See, Jesus. <laughs> Dear God, what in the world, in the world? Right? When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. My very first song, I sang in church as a child because someone said, you can sing. You should sing in front of people. I was like, what song? So they pointed me and a couple other kids in the youth group to a song. And it was, what a day that will be when my Jesus... That's a little depressing for an eight-year-old, ten-year-old, right? That was a little song. What do we do? What? Hep, what? So it, I, was try, I was always trying to figure out why every Sunday we sang about heaven because um, I had to go to school this week. I mean, because I got a test tomorrow and heaven's not here yet. So what are we going to do, right? So we get so focused on heaven, right? And you know churches, we get so focused on heaven, we forget what God's called us to do until we get to heaven. I'm just as, I'm, you know, and when I said a minute ago, I just can't wait to go home, I'm serious about that. But until I go home, I got work to do. And I'm not talking about paycheck work, I'm talking about kingdom work. I got eternal work to do. I've got to make a difference because I, what I think God's called us to do who remain is to get the gospel out so that when Jesus calls us home, there's as many people as possible that go home with us. You following that? We, we need to do, that's why he said go into all the world, make disciples because I'm coming back. You understand Jesus is coming back? He's not slipping into a manger in Israel the next time. Everybody's going to know. The next time he comes, Everybody will know and everybody will say who remain, dear Lord, what just happened? A bunch of people just went missing. Oh, what? We don't have to get into all that. We're not now. Some of you think that's not how it's going to work. Whatever. We can debate that later. Right? But I'm telling you the next time Jesus comes, people are going to know it. And so it's important we have a mandate to do while God keeps us here to remain. So now, in Acts chapter 3, let me set this up real quick. Are you holding on? Everybody doing okay? So watch this. 
In Acts chapter 3, so you can find the context of this, we see the early church coming on. Jesus has died, resurrected, went back to heaven, and the disciples just start spreading the gospel. They start talking about Jesus in the streets. Pentecost happens, and all the people are in town, and they're sharing the message of Jesus, and there's a lame beggar that's healed, and Peter preaches in the streets and, and, and gets things stirred up. And in Acts chapter 4, I love this verse, in Acts chapter 4, verse 2, it says they were greatly, talking about the religious crowd, they were greatly annoyed. I want to annoy some people. I know I'm annoying you right now probably, but I want to annoy. I, 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 I want some religious people. I want some church people, right? I want some pastors to, to, hear, to, hear, to hear our sermons on Sunday morning and to be a part of our church and say, your church just annoys me. Amen, praise the Lord, that's what we're trying to do. That's not what we're trying to do, but if, if, if what we're doing and, and walking in the truth and breaking the mold of religion and the church mold, if it annoys people, praise the Lord, because it's all about Jesus, it's not about religion. It's not about this man-made thing that we've created here, but it's about the gospel, it's about Jesus, it's about the cross. So the Bible says as Peter and John preached, people were greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus. And so what did they do? They arrested them, four, chapter 4, verse 3, and they put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. So it was already evening. Okay, so in Acts chapter 4, verse 5, in fact, let's read some of this together. Can, you, can we pick it up in verse 23 real quick? Let's pick it up in 23. Something's messing up on my end here. Give me just a second. Acts chapter 4, verse 3. Uh, give me just a second. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. Okay. Let me find my... I lost my place here. Give me just a second here. All right. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. When they were released, again, so now what happens here is they are re released. They're told to stop preaching. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. So I think this is important because after Peter and John are released, they go back to headquarters, wherever that was, where the early Christians were, were hanging out. And what they decided to do was they didn't call a church meeting. They decided not to have a financial report. They decided, you know what we need to do right now? We need to pray. And the Bible says that they prayed but they prayed, and so they said, here's what they said. They lifted their voices together to God and said, now I would love to be a fly on the wall right here in this scene, because I'm not, did they say it all together? Did one person pray this and they agree? We don't know. We know that they lifted their voices together to God, and they said, sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your ser holy servant Jesus whom you anointed. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now Lord, 
Look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Can I back you up just for a second to chapter four? Let's, before we jump into that too hard, I want you to see verses 19 and 20. Because this, this is what Peter and John said. For Peter and John answered them, talking to this religious crowd, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to speak of what, but we must, we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. In other words, when they tried to shut down the gospel, when the religious crowd tried to shut down what Peter and John were doing, Peter and John declared this, we must tell what we've seen and what we've heard. So, James and a few of you know that I really love biscuits and gravy. When I say I really like it, like that's not even getting close to how much I really love biscuits and gravy, right? And so sometimes my wife makes the good kind. I mean, she makes it good. So sometimes when I'm eating biscuits and gravy, I can't even help myself but a mm-mm-mm just pops out. Everybody eat anything like that? Right? Right? I, I was thinking the same thing. I almost put corn on the cob on there because I'm about corn with some butter and some salt in the summertime. You know, you, that, you're like, mm-hmm. I'm having church in my mouth. You know, I'm following how that goes. Right? Biscuits and gravy, that's the way it goes. And I can't help myself. It just comes out of me. What if Jesus just came, came out of you? You just couldn't help yourself. I, I, I'm telling everybody at my job about Jesus. I can't help myself. I mean, I know I'm not supposed to, but I, I got to tell you how good it is. I want to share with you how great God is. I want to share with you how good. You following that? And so Peter and John just decided, we're just going to tell. And as much as people want to shut you down, may it be in us that the Jesus inside of us and the goodness of God that we're so in all of God, and can't, can't we get there? Anybody else overwhelmed in, in what, what we deserve and what we have? What I deserve and what I have, not even close to the same thing. And I'm so in awe of that that I can't help myself but tell of the good things of God. And so we need to understand, so if I have that deep connection, if I love Jesus, There'll be powerful praying. So look what he says. Let's go back to our scripture, 23. So God is looking for, right off the bat, so a couple things if you want to jot down. God's looking for a bold people. He's looking for boldness. People who will be a, not afraid to pray. When they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them. They were released and they went and they prayed together. They understood that now is the time to pray. Could it be, church, that we could start reading the newspaper or reading the internet or listening to news and start saying, and stop saying, what are we going to do? And say, you, you know what it's time to do. It's time to pray. Are you hearing that? It's not time to strategize. It's not time to try to figure it out. It's not trying to say, what are we going to do? It's not time to say, just throw my hands up. I'm done with it. I'm done with this. I'm done with that. And can I tell you, can I, just real quick, can we stop getting so focused on the White House and get focused on the church house? 
Hey, could, 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 could we just go ahead and say, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not worried about the White House. God's going to move in the church house. Because if my people, who are called by my name, my people, if lost people will call, you know, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, then, then, then I'll hear from heaven and heal move. That's, that's, what, that's what we want, right? But it's going, to take, it's going to take the people of God, right, to stop being so casual, to stop being so comfortable, and to say, it's time. I see what we need to do, and what we need to do is pray. So not only is God looking for bold people, he's looking for unified people. I think this is important, because they came around. Look at, look at the, how they prayed. There's some things I think are interesting about this prayer in verse 20, uh, 24. He, he said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They unified around their faith. They acknowledged the awesomeness of God. So, so we need to understand, if we're going to pray powerful prayers, what we got to understand is it's God's work to do. God is awesome. God is complete. God is, right, God is able. Don't, don't, ever, don't ever pray and then wonder if God is able to do the thing you've asked him to do. We, we talked about this last week, right? Like when, when the kids from the back seat say, hey, you know where you're going. Do you know where you're going? Are you kidding me right now? Do you know what you're doing, right? You're fixing something at the house and your eight-year-old comes up and goes, hey, you know what you're doing? You being serious right now? Right? I mean, it's like, right? Don't we do God? God, you know, be great if you could. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you could work this out. I mean, if you can. If, it, if I can. Well, I mean, if I can. God, number one, can. Right? What you've got to do is trust in the awesomeness of God and understand that God has all supreme, complete power. We have to pray with power. Not only is he looking for, uh, uh, you know, faith, they acknowledge their past and current battle. It's okay to acknowledge the battle. Look at verse 25. He says, through the mouth of your father David by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage? That is a pull right there from Psalm chapter 2. If you go to Psalm 2, you'll see that right there, the exact same scriptures. He's saying there's a battle in the past. There's a battle in the present. When you pray, it's okay to let God know you understand that there's a battle going on. Acknowledge about it. You don't have to then the awesomeness of God, you don't have to just disregard the battle, but God sees your battle. God knows your battle. And so, but then, what I love in verse 28, here's what they said. Look at verse 28. To do whatever your hand and your plan had destined to take place. See, we talked about this last time, is that God is sovereign. Right, whatever you choose to do you, to whatever your hand, whatever your plan has predestined to take place. God, I'm trusting that you have a plan in this. I'm trusting that you're in control. Remember that God is in complete control of all things at all times, accomplishing the greatest good. Is God, God, there's never a time that God has lost control, even at 399. You following that? Oh, it's 399. God's forgotten about us. No, he hasn't. God's in control. God knows. God sees. 
God understands, right? And so we got to understand that. God sees your opposition. He sees your battle. The disciples here, the early church were praying, God, we know that you see us. You are awesome. We know that we're in a battle because the world is against us. Everybody's coming against us. They hate us, Jesus. And so we know you're in complete control of all things at all times. God sees your battle, and he has never lost control. You hearing that? In your sickness, in your pain, in your struggle, in your hurt, in your loss, God has never, you hear that? Somebody say never. Never, never lost control. God never says, oops. God never wrings his hands out like, oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to do now. God knows. God knows we're fallible and still works out for our benefit and our good. What an awesome God. You can blow it and God will still get you to the right place. How good is God? So then they prayed. Here's their prayer request, right? Here's their prayer request. So they prayed right here in verse 29 and 30. So now, Lord, look upon their threats. Again, that could be our threats. This could be what we're facing today in the world. And grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, look at this right quick. I think this is important. So this is what they prayed for themselves. They prayed, God, we're your servants. Help us to continue. Help us to continue doing what you've called us to do, which is to speak your word with boldness. God, help your church right now in 2022 to not back down. God, help your church right now in 2022 to speak your word with boldness. And God, will do what we've been called to do, and then Jesus, here's what you do. You heal. You produce signs. You produce wonders. Do you understand? In the mighty name of Jesus, you work. We'll do what we're called to do, and so God, I trust you. You do what you need to do. You heal. You produce signs. You produce wonders. In the name of Jesus. Can I tell you, the healing, the signs, and wonders, it's not on us, it's on him. What's your job? Continue to speak the word with boldness. When you do that, he will heal. He will produce signs. He will produce wonders. And can I tell you, well, I'm, I'm looking to like levitate on a Sunday morning. Hey, how about the greatest healing of all is the healing of the human heart. How about the greatest sign of all is sometimes the way that God changes a man or a woman. That is a sign. That's a wonder. Some of you are not who you used to be. What a wonder. What a wonder. Your own family looks at you and go, oh, dear Lord, what a miracle you are. I remember who you used to be. You were a wreck. Hey, I'm just a miracle from God. I'm a sign of God. I'm a wonder because of what Jesus has done in my life. So watch this. So God moves in power when we acknowledge him and ask for help. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together, was shaken. There is something about, all right, so I read something this week. That's why I put a picture up there of a, a mom and a baby. There is something, they've even said in science, that when a baby cries, immediately when the mother picks it up, it stops. There's something about the connection between mother and child that calms the child down. Can I tell you, you want to see God move? Let's start crying out to our Heavenly Father. Let's ask God to do it. Let's stop trying to figure it out and let's just say, God, help us. Let's acknowledge who we are 
and what we can do, but then let's acknowledge who he is and what he can do, and can we all say amen to he can do more than we can do. God can do more than you can do. So instead of you trying to figure it out, this ought to apply to anything this week. Whatever you're trying to figure out, can I just ask you to stop and say, God, help me? God, can you just come on down? Just, just, get, just pick me up, right? I'm a crying baby right now. Just pick me up. Just calm me. Do for me what I can't do. God, I can't figure out this situation. I can't figure out this hurt. I can't figure out this circumstance. I can't figure out this pain. I can't figure out what's going on in culture. I can't figure out what's going on in my kids. I can't figure out what's going on. God, we need your help, God. Help us, God. Well, you know, I don't want people to think I'm Gary Johnson. And he's not even in the room to defend himself. Here he comes. Speak of Gary. He comes in the room. You understand what I'm saying right now? We're so, I'm picking on Gary. Y'all love it though. You got to admit, you love it. That's what you get for leaving. I'm just saying. I'm just, hey, we, boy, we love Gary though. I'm telling you what, God, give me some fire. Give me some fire. Amen. Yes, yes. So watch this. So, so in the same way, you know, let's, let's, let's pray with that kind of fervor. Let's pray with power. Let's pray with desperation. Let's pray, God, help us. Because I'm telling you what, we have a God who wants to help us. If my people, help grabs the attention of heaven. So watch this. God moves in power and he fills us with his power when we pray. Now watch this. So the end result, I think this is important. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. He heard their request. What did they ask for? God, help us to continue to speak the word of God with boldness. Hey, God, just FYI, everybody hates us out there. Help us to continue to speak your word with boldness. And then Jesus, in your mighty name, you heal and you do miracles and you do signs and wonders. And the place was shaken. The house was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they continued to speak the word with boldness. God heard their prayer. Now here's something significant I want to tell you real quick. That's why I think the Lord showed me this week. Because we're all about, right, we're either on one side of the fence or another, all about this filled with the Holy Spirit. And we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen right there? We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But I think it's different than what we think. See, there's a whole group of people that say, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock can be crazy. Hey, I'm asking you to get filled up with the Holy Spirit so Monday morning at 10 o'clock will be crazy. You, you follow me here right now? What we need is some people filled with the Holy Spirit on Monday. Anybody can be filled with the Holy Spirit on Sunday. That's easy. Now, right, come on, that's just good preaching right there. I mean, amen, 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 pastor. That is good. You following that right there? Right? Oh, yeah. With the Holy, and I want the Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Spirit. But can I tell you what the filled means right there? Filled means to be filled to fulfill. Filled to fulfill. It's not filled for me. It's filled for them. It's filled for him. It's not filled up for me. God wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. So you will go do what he wants you to do. There are times, I like to eat. Can I get an amen? Anybody else? I like to eat. 
There are sometimes I eat because I got work to do. And I need to eat to do work. There's sometimes I eat because I'm just in the mood. Amen. I mean, come I'm not working today, but food sounds good. Am I the only one in the room? Y'all looking at me like I'm an idiot right now. What's going on? Do I need to get counseling? What's going on right now? Am I the only, I mean, so do you understand? God wants to fill you with his spirit so you'll go do his work. God wants to fill you full of his spirit so you'll go accomplish his will. Not just so we can dance on Sundays. God, fill us so that we can continue to speak your word with boldness. So God is looking for people. We're bringing it home now. Here's the kind of prayers he's looking for. Let's go to that last slide. Prayers of brokenness. Prayers of faith. Prayers of repentance. Prayers of boldness and courage. Prayers that acknowledge the power of God. Prayers that lift up Jesus. God is looking for people who will pray. Will we pray? It's time to pray. We know what to do. It's time to pray. We know what God's called us to do. Pray. And when we pray, God, shake the house. God, shake the house and fill us full of your spirit so that we can go do what you've called us to do. You cannot speak the word of God with boldness without the filling of the Holy Spirit. You'll fail. You can't do it. But with his power, with his strength, with his feeling, you'll go do what God's called you to do. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 South East Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., Sunday nights at 6 p.m. and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day and always remember that Jesus changes everything.